You are listening to the Lighter Side Show audio podcast with Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit and subscribe to thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes exploring wholeness living, energy work, trans channeling, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, Lumineers. Welcome to the Lighter Side Show podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, the everyday medium. And I have Dr. Julia Spinolo. Yay! <laughs> in front of me, the host of Medical Girl Mystical World. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to talk today about integrating the medical with the mystical. Yes, we are. But before we get into that, I do have some announcements. Colleen and I will be in Kamloops, Canada. Yay! Yay! In June, the last weekend of June. And then we're also going to New York, the New York Open Center. And that's in July, July 19th and 20th. We hope to see you Lumineers there. We are on the road. Can't wait to see you. Colleen cannot promise to hug everybody. <laughs> you can find tickets to these events at jamiebutlermedium.com. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter. It is amazing. Completely organized. A great little message. It keeps you updated and informed with everything that's happening over here. So with no further ado, let's get to Dr. Julia Spinolo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> integrating the medical with the mystical. I know that you've been up to quite a bit on your show. Yes, I'm on season three right now. That's phenomenal. I love it. I do love it too. And you're going to be teaching some classes coming up starting in September. Yes, I am. I'm going to be teaching um, classes in awakening, self-care, and bringing in more of the medicine into the, the mystical side. So I'm excited about that. Listen, I love your self-care 101. Thank you. It is, you would think, in the field, been doing this for 30 years, self-care 101, a little beneath me. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. We need no. reminders all the time. It's, it wasn't even reminders, Julia. It was, <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, that's really what I need to be focusing on. Like, I would be seeing it on the flip side or something like that. Yeah. And what you were showing me, you know, you taught a little bit on the Wholeness Living Mm -hmm. online expo last year blew me out of the water. That's what I like to invoke those ahas. You did a great job with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, I met my, um, my goal. So that's good. Lumineers to find out more about Dr. Julia's classes, head over to her website, which is juliaspinolo.com. You can also find her on Instagram and Facebook, dr.juliaspinolo. Right. You post some really good stuff. I like it. I do. Okay, I want to hear more about how, how you are integrating the medical into the mystical. We hear so much, it's, no, the East needs to meet the West. The, the mystical needs to come into the medicine. Mm -hmm. So with medicine in the West, we are so focused on the things that are tangible, such as what we can... Um, see on scans, uh, things that we can read on lab reports, right. things, also the things that we can, you know, palpate, the things that we can touch. The thing that's missing from Western medicine that I think that Eastern medicine and the mystical part, what that brings in is our intuition, our gut feelings of what's going on with a client or a patient. And a lot of times, unfortunately, and this has become more where uh, health practitioners just automatically run 
test without using their intuition, of having that intuition guide them on what they've learned from their their studies, but also that gut feeling that they get. Like, let me, let's look at it this way or ask these certain questions. A lot of doctors are taking a hands-off approach, unfortunately, and they just, I think they get scared because they don't want to be sued and they automatically cover their ass by ordering all these scans and making sure. And a lot of times, and this is where a lot of people come see me, is they say, okay, I've been to my doctor. I'm having these symptoms. Nothing is showing up on these tests. What's wrong with me? So what I do is because of my medical background, I get that clinical part of their symptoms and what's going on, but I use my energy work in saying, okay, you have these kind of symptoms. How does that relate to you energetically or what's going on? And what I find is, is these things that is, it's not an acute process. These things that have been happening to people for decades and building up energetically where they have these blocks over time, where they have these energy blocks, they do manifest into physical symptoms. Oh, I fully believe in that. Right. So what I look at is like, okay, I take the symptoms, and I actually I have a pretty amazing case that I'm working with a lady. She's got a certain kind of cancer, and she's been to two, no, excuse me, three specialty hospitals, and they're like, well, we could do a bone marrow transplant on you, which what that entails is they basically deplete the entire immune system and then bring in somebody else's transplant that in and then she builds that up. There's a lot of risk in that. Um, You know, infection, death can occur. And she's like, do I really want to go through this process? So when I looked at her energetically, I was like, okay, this is what we need to work on issues with self-esteem, anger, that kind of stuff. But when we started to work with that, her symptoms started to clear up. She had these splotches on her skin. And I've taken photos of these through each session, and they've decreased. And um, I'm, I'm I, sitting here with my mouth open. If you're wondering why, where's Jamie? No, my yeah. mouth is busy being dropped. Because she's working on this. She's doing, and what I do is I just don't go in and do my Reiki and my energy work. I give them tools to work with because I believe that self-care really empowers the person but makes them wholly you know, well, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Um, So she's doing the practices that I'm telling her to do, and she's getting better. And you know what? That's a hell of a lot cheaper than going and getting a bone marrow transplant and risking your life on. And it's going to last longer. Yeah, because she's got the tools because we can go through these procedures that are very short. But I'm giving the, the lifelong lessons and the work that they need to work on. Do you find that it's comforting or do your clients ever talk to you about how it's more comforting that you have all the medical knowledge and you can speak to them in that tone or in that avenue, but then also say, now we're going to meditate. Now we're going to look at the energy. Yeah. I think it, I think it gives them being comfortable with me because I know where they're coming from. I get all the medical stuff. I know exactly what's happening with them. They can tell me the medication. And instead of me coming from, okay, this energetic part, okay, I'm going to address the problems that you have. Because that's another problem that people have when they go to energy workers. They think it's woo-woo because they don't know the stuff that they've been through unless they've been through it themselves. But I have that knowledge and that expertise to say, okay, this is what we're bringing in here. Okay, we're going to meet it nicely, dovetail it with this 
energy work, that Eastern medicine, that intuition. Let's blend these together. Let's make this make sense to you. How can we apply this to your life and what's going on with you in your physiology of making it better? And it really connects the dots for them when they're like, okay, I had this symptom and this relates to that. Okay, I had this thing happen. This occurred. They start to see the triggers. They start to really be in tune with their bodies and realize how those meet. Because when you do that, when you take that physical aspect, that mental aspect, that things that the things that they can remember and see and like write those down and then blend that with the things they can't see and it works, you know? So what's your opinion about having doctors, nurses, first responders being trained in energy work, meditation, healing, things of that nature? I think that's one of my goals in in this life. Really? Yeah, is to to teach healthcare providers and bringing the energy work, that mindfulness, that meditation. Um, I actually just posted on my um, my business Facebook page that they're passing bills in in states for veterans to mandatory have them have this choice of meditation, yoga, energy work done to help them with PTSD. Really? Yes, as you know, a healthcare option. All right, Emory Emergency Care, I want to know when you're jumping on board. I would love to. If any of your <laughs> listeners have some um, inside um, contacts there, I would love to meet with them. Yes, because Send them over. I would love to, um, yeah, I would love to like have this where it is, it is, it's the norm of healthcare. It's an option for people to have this. I think you know the story where my husband had some heart issues mm-hmm. and he checked himself into the Emory ER. Mm-hmm. He was there for seven hours and... I'm talking over $5,000, $6,000 worth of tests, scans, blood work, everything. Had to go back to the ER four days later for follow-up and all of this. Not a single nurse, nor doctor, nor anybody who attended to him told him to breathe. And the one thing that changed his heart rate, got him back in alignment, Mm -hmm. was me teaching him breath work. Mm Mm-hmm. Four counts in, hold for four, release for four, stay empty for four. And it gave him just enough focus, just enough control over his body and his heart rate that whenever it started racing and it wouldn't stop, Mm -hmm. this is what would work. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this because I've been in the medical field for over 25 years. When I was in nursing school, we did, we talked about being there, holding space for patients. And we've really have strayed away from that, whereas technology has gotten very advanced, which is wonderful, but it's taking that caring aspect of healthcare away, where we're so focused on, okay, these tests, this is the next step, this is the next protocol, instead of tuning in again, bringing in that intuition of what does this patient need? And sometimes people really just holding space and sitting with a person instead of running around all over the place. And that's another thing with hospitals. You know, they're short-staffed. Um, you know, do they have the time to to be with those patients? We need right. to address that as well. Um, to look at this, things like that. You doing that could have saved, you know, four hours of him being in the ER. Oh, easily. It could have saved the whole trip. but. Yeah. He was so terrified that, you know, when I looked at him and when I scanned him and I said, 
you don't have the symptoms of a heart attack. I don't see your heart seizing. Energetically, it looks like anxiety. It Mm -hmm. looks like a block. It looks like this. And he was like, there's no way this can be anxiety. Yeah. This is so over the top. Mm -hmm. You know, here's a man who's never sick. Yeah. And he's going through something so severe. He's like, it can't be. And so when I left to go to work, which was a hard choice to make when, you know, your loved one is kind of like, I'm okay, but this is not good. Mm -hmm. And then he calls me five hours later. I've been at the Emory ER for the last five hours. And, um, Mm. you know, he stayed almost through the night. It it was just insane. And the amount of money that they had to charge for that. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that um, bothers me is that we are so quick to write prescriptions for medications that we don't need. Oh, my God. He came home with fistfuls of Xanax. Yeah. And he brought the bottle home and he goes, I don't want to take this. Yeah. This is not who I am. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'll keep it for emergencies, but... Right. They were so willing to give this to me. Oh, yeah. You can write a script and say, here you go. Like, pills fix everything. And, you know, I think that medication does work because I think that sometimes there are some imbalances that do occur, and those will help even out. But if you bring in that holistic side, those are things that keep us healthy. That's that Eastern side of medicine. Because with Western medicine, it's very acute. It's sudden. It's sudden. It's very great for emergencies. We can give this medication for a heart attack to stop this process, but it's not for the long-term care. It's not for that everyday care. That's where the Eastern medicine comes in. Because if you have these healthy practices – is less likely for you to have these emergencies that pop up. Correct. This is your preventative healthcare program. Absolutely. I'm so psyched about you wanting to, to take over kind of the doctors and the nurses and oh, the first yeah. responders and really giving some education around that. Mm-hmm. That's in the works. That is in my... Um... Let me know how I can support you in that. Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> something I fully believe in. Yeah. So do you get people who are showing up that have these imbalances, whether they're physical, mental, or emotional. Mm-hmm. And when you look at them, you go, oh, that's not really an illness or a disease or a block. You're actually waking up. Mm-hmm. Like more is moving and right. it's uncomfortable. Yeah, and it can. And people think the awakening process is this blissful, you know, thing. <laughs> and it certainly Wake is up, not. Blooming ears. Yeah. It's not it's all bliss. It's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I have people that come to me where they have, where, you know, the anxiety and maybe they start to feel energy or see dead people or hear dead people. So I work with them as, okay, no, this is, you're just awakening with your um, psychic abilities. Here's, you know, what we're going to do with that. Um, another thing that I do is I, I can't claim to, you know, fix or cure anybody. I do referrals out to like people like you for, um, doing the the mediumship training, you know, people that need a um a therapist that works with that. So it's it's using those resources and not honing in on just one practitioner. So having that nice community to refer out to and bounce things off of. And and that's another thing that I can't say like, oh, I'll cure everything. Poof. But no, I mean we can't do that. Does so, it always sound like a poof? I think it does. <laughs> with glitter. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's really important to have a referral system like that and mm-hmm. know each other's strengths. Mm-hmm. And that speaks volumes to you as well because you have the integrity enough to say, hey, 
it's out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Or I'd like for it to be taught the way that you want to learn. And that person does it that way where I approach it different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I love that about people. Yeah, like, thank you. And especially with kids, because I, I don't have any children. And when people start asking me with kids, I know people that specifically work with kids with um, kids that are sensitive or psychic and that kind of things. Because I can't. I can't. I don't have that. Um, I don't have that expertise. So, but you do with kitty cats. I do with kitty cats. <laughs> <laughs> I love kitty cats. What type of signs or symptoms are you seeing with people who are waking up that come to you and say, "This is a problem. This is an issue. I need some help." <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the, it's um, a lot of insomnia. Um, mm. Yes, bad sleep. Um, they're not sleeping at all. I wish Lumineers, you could see Julia's face. Oh, it's Ooh, Got the sleep. brow furrowed and stuff. <laughs> yeah, bad sleep, the anxiety, the, the, the feeling in the thought process of nobody's understanding them where they think they're going crazy. Oh, yeah. That's the one I hear a lot. It's like a psychological break. Yeah. Um, you know, the physical symptoms. When people have the psychic awakening, sometimes they have that you can have multiple awakenings that happen like a, a kundalini awakening where they're awakening up the the seven main chakras and having symptoms associated with each of those chakras okay what's going on with this you know typically you start down at the root and they're like i'm having all this fear and i'm freaking out and you know this is all of the when you start with the the awakenings of the the chakra all the ugly shit comes up mhm it's all the stuff that you've processed. I mean, you're processing through everything that's happened in your life. And sometimes in past lives, too. Yeah. I really like how you pinpointed the root chakra. Can we take a moment and go through them? Sure. What do you find shows up for sacral? Sacral is, um, you know, some people question their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Where they are like, am I transgender now? Am I bi? You know, that kind of stuff brings up also Very with fluid being able to love everybody. Yeah, it's really confusing. It is because they're like, well, you know, I do. I've kind of had the hearts and flowers for this lady, and I've always been straight. You know, what is that about? You know, um, also with their creativity. A lot of times you'll see when they're opening up that their creativity is gone because they're so in their head of trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. So you see that go away. So when you're bringing up that creativity, that kind of helps balance people that are more in their crown and third eye. Bringing that creative t- creativity grounds them. On the flip side, I also see people who get really worried. Mm-hmm. Worried, and then it creates like some diarrhea. Yeah. Just yeah, it. and that's where you're, and there you're bringing in your physical symptoms as well. So they're going to have the decreased libido, mm-hmm. the GI symptoms, stomach cramps, that kind of thing. So what about solar plexus? Solar plexus is that ego and the self-esteem, that powerhouse, where they may feel that um, they f- may feel very vulnerable, um, or they may say, you know, quote weak unquote. Um, they're they're not very sure of their self. That that um, that essence of self is gone, where they feel outside of their body. You know, they're not secured. Again, that goes back into the grounding, as well. Their ego and self-esteem. On the flip side, on the mm-hmm. solar plexus. I also find a lot of people saying, F you. Mm -hmm. These are my boundaries. This is who I am. F you. Like, really going over the top. Mm -hmm. Just like building a brick wall. You're like, oh, goodness. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because it can go both ways. You have the spectrum here. And another thing that happens when that kundalini 
awakening with the solar plexus is that people get an over ego because when you wake mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, I'm awakening. I'm better than these people. They start judging other people. They're like, look at those people. They're doing it wrong. I'm better. I am more spiritual. You know, these people just don't get it. And don't worry, Lumineers, the the next part when you slide out of the solar plexus awakening is the heart chakra. Right. Where that over-sensitized ego, the one that's really fluffed, Mm -hmm. starts to go, oh, it's really about me learning to put myself first mm-hmm. and allowing everybody else to put self first. Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because when people look at their that self-love, it's not selfish. Because yes. having those boundaries of saying what's okay and what's not okay, and especially here in the South, we as Southern women were taught to take care of everybody else before ourselves. Mm-hmm. I know I was raised like that. Ditto. So... Um, you know, opening up that heart chakra where you have that self-love and you have that nice balance. Because I believe that if you are resonating at such a higher vibration that that's going to expand out. People pick up on that. I mean, you know when people, when the, the negative person comes around, you feel their vibe. Mm-hmm. So when we're doing that self-love, that self-care, and our vibration is high, people notice that. They start to feel good around you. So how can that be selfish? It's not. It's self-first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... Other symptoms of heart chakra awakening? Um, with those, a lot I see a lot of people dealing with grief and regret. Mm-hmm. Um, you the know, I'm to, so sorry phase. The I'm so sorry phase, and I didn't treat this person right, or somebody died, and I didn't really get to tell them how I felt, and you know, I felt so guilty over about it. needing the connections. Yeah, yeah. And that's when we need to let things go, really. And that's a hard process to let things go. I mean, I've had to work on that stuff myself. And, um, and it's funny because when you're going through these different awakenings, it's not like you go through each step and, ta-da, you're the enlightened being and Buddha. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, there are some people like Eckhart Tolle who – and it, you know, is just great and fine and everything, and he's got it all figured out. That's a nice assumption you just threw out. <laughs> we don't know that. We don't know. And the and that's not our goal either. It's like, okay, we're supposed to go through this step and this step and step step, this step and be this enlightened being. That's not what all this is about. It's working through all of this. And we're gonna go back and forth. We may go, okay, we're at the heart chakra, and then we're like, holy shit, I feel really scared about this. Boom, we're right back down to the root chakra here. Yes. So we're it's it's a constant, you know, it's a flow. It's a flux. Yeah, and it's you know it it's well, not it's, like it's not that you have something fixed <laughs> and then poof you move on to the next level. Oh no 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 no. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to call it the luma plan. It's a discipline mm-hmm. that you have. It's a conscious awakening series of choices that you make. Right. So on the flip side of the heart, mm-hmm. the past, the I'm sorry's and the regrets. Mm-hmm. I think I find a lot of people who come in and just realize that they do. Love everything. Yeah. Even the awful stuff. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, I try to talk about rape and murder, suicide, these things that are just incomprehensible. Yeah. They can't, they can't hold them. All of a sudden they find, oh, I'm giving love to that person. And it's Mm -hmm. genuine. Yeah. And how to do that is to look at the experience as what am I supposed to learn from this? 
we really need to get out of victim mode. And that happens a lot, all, you know, with all of us is that we, this person hurt me. I feel this way because this person did this certain thing. And to get out of that victim mode is to really look inside and say, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? What are these emotions? I think that people should bring up these emotions and honor those, you know, work through that stuff. Let that energy, you know, pass through, let that clear and then see how you feel. I like how you put that. Let it pass through, let it clear. Mm -hmm. Because I think for me, there's value in every experience, even being the victim. Yeah. Or pretending to be the victim, whether it is real or not. It's just up to the person to decide if they believe in it. Mm -hmm. That's their truth. But if they're holding on to it, it's serving them in some way. But you're right. I like that, you know, guides used to tell me growing up, if you want to remain constant, always change. Change is the only constant. Right. And I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because we need to give ourselves time to process these emotions and what's yeah. going on. And there is not a time limit. Some people are stuck on a chakra for years. Decades. Yeah. Lifetime. <laughs> yeah. And just go through that process. It's, you know, it's not a race. And I think that people need to honor themselves and be kinder to themselves and to look at what's going on with them and allow themselves to process through these things. I agree. Mm -hmm. Now let's look at the throat chakra. What yeah. are some awakening signs you've seen in that energy vibration? Where people are coming out of their their typical characteristics where you're, they're saying things that people are very shocked by. They're like, oh, you never used to talk to me like that. You <laughs> never used to say things like that. And this is where people have that. They feel that they're being judged because they're finally expressing themselves on how they truly are. Mm. And... Um, you know, that can be that can be a trying time as well where people are like, I want to, this is who I am now, and not everybody is resonating it with. And when you start doing that, people start to let go of these other people because they're they're vibrating differently. And when I when I say that vibrating higher does not necessarily mean that somebody is better than anybody else. Nobody's nice better point. than nobody's better than anybody, period. I call it being on a radio station. You know, right now I'm probably at 99.7. And some of the people I know, they're on like 88.5. <laughs> is it a better radio station? Not necessarily. But it is. I mean, and then, you know, you're going to meet up with people that are on the 99.7 radio station. You're like, yeah, this is cool here. Mm -hmm. So. An opposing one to that is I've seen people get quiet. Mm -hmm. Ones that talk all the time, all of a sudden, understand the beauty in silence mm -hmm. and holding space. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what about third chakra, the third eye? They, this is where the intuition comes in. And I think this is where the, the most awakening happens. Because I see things clearly. Mm. It's where they feel like they're on the outside looking in mm -hmm. and they look at what their reality was before and they question everything. And I tell people, question everything. Even when you've gone, gone through the awakening process, it's a continuous process. Question everything because that's going to just keep you growing. That's going to grow, grow. Do you find this is where people get and they go, oh my God, am I psychologically breaking down? Am I bipolar? Am I this? Am I mm -hmm. that? Because they're having such distinct visions, mm -hmm. clarity, mm -hmm. knowing, but mm -hmm. 
but mm-hmm. they can't identify the source mm-hmm. of how that got there in their head. Right. Um, and I'm kind of going to flip the tables back on you. So how did you feel when you started noticing your abilities, the third eye awakening? How did you feel? Oh, as an adult, when it came back, mm-hmm. that shit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you do? I called my father and asked to be admitted into the hospital. Yeah. I explained to him that I was Sybil, mm-hmm. like in the movie, multiple personalities. Something was wrong. Yeah, but you eventually got that support of when you figured out what was going on. Oh, yeah. Well, the dark truth came out in the family that they weren't talking about, that this was an ability that the women had. Yeah. And my grandmother stepped forward and shared a few tidbits and took me a little while to freak out about it and then just put it on like I owned it. Yeah. Which took a long time living years. Mm-hmm. I'm talking five, six years for me to really step into it. Mm-hmm. And again, with when we're moving back and forth through the different chakra openings or awakenings, opening the third eye can again get you back down into that solar plexus where that ego comes in. When you're on the outside looking in, oh my God, these people are asleep totally. Again, that doesn't make you better than them. So again, balancing those two together. I like how you mentioned the solar plexus again. Mm -hmm. The way the chakras work are in the complementary colors. So when you're awakening up in the third eye, which is an indigo color, Mm -hmm. just look at the color wheel, Lumineers. That's going to associate with yellow and orange. So those are the two supporting chakras Mm -hmm. that are activating while the third eye chakra is like vibrating higher, Mm -hmm. which again does not mean better. We're just talking about quality of energy. Mm -hmm. And so when your throat is working and opening up, so is the solar plexus being the supporter. Right. When the heart, which is green, is opening up. Again, there's no opening or closing. These are just... Descriptive words we're using to say that you are now putting conscious focus on that energy vibration and mm-hmm. you're maintaining it. You're grooming it. Mm-hmm. So when the heart does, the red root chakra is the supporting one who's working on it. And then if we go to solar plexus, which is yellow, and that's the one we're vibrating and focusing on to clean, to bring to the surface, the throat is the supporting element. So it's really crazy. You, you think they may might operate individually, but they don't. They do kind of come in pairs, and they do come into a whole system. Right. And it goes even deeper than that, like on a physical level, because I know when a lot of people are having their third eye awakening, their physical health is really at hand because the third eye attaches to the pituitary, which governs and controls all the release or, you know, maintain of hormones. Right. So it, it's such a deep, wonderful it has, and, and it's excited. also <laughs> it's, it's it's interconnected, and it's it's not just that one thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you brought that up because when you're going through these, look at how you're feeling. Yes. Tune into your body, and that's what I say to a lot of people that come to see me. I'm like, your body is screaming at you of what's going on. I know. I really like that you do this intuitive coaching bit, mm-hmm. and I don't know if coaching really fits it, but maybe that's the buzzword yeah. we use today. But it's like a one-on-one private class. You really help mm-hmm. people manage and discover their psychic abilities, yep. their self-healing path. Mm-hmm. You even get into their businesses, yep. how to launch their you know, energetic business, how to just be and live in that world authentically. Right. So you were just saying you help people do that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you do so much more than that. And I love <laughs> you for this so much. Thank you. Um, 
So I don't want to leave the crown chakra out. Yeah. Purple sits on top of the head. What kind of signs and symptoms do you see in awakenings in the crown chakra? Well, that's your connection to the divine. A lot of times people will start to question their religious beliefs um, of what their truth is. And um, they will, or they'll really take different teachings because it's all the same thing. If you look at all the different religions... It's all that one goal. We are all one. And that's where this realization comes in, where they're like, okay, we can take a little bit of Buddha. We can take a little bit of what Jesus said. We can take a little bit of... Jesse Granger. Yeah, Jesse Granger, who is just fabulous. But um, <laughs> whoever, you know, whoever resonates with it. And that is the thing, because there's a one of my favorite quotes from Buddha is, you know, whatever is said, even if I said it, if it does not resonate with you, then it is not your truth. I mean, those aren't the exact words, but that's how I interpret it. So these teachings, find the things that resonate with you and whoever they come from, you know, and let that be your truth. So you'll see that with the crown opening, a lot of questioning there as well. Yeah, on the flip side, I notice when awakenings are happening that sometimes... People feel removed, disassociated. Mm -hmm. They shut down. They Mm -hmm. feel remote. They're not at home. They don't belong here. They crawl in the deepest hole I've ever seen a person get into. Yeah. And I, my opinion is that they can connect so much to the beyond and all that faith and bridging over to higher dimensions and other like levels of love and compassion and integrity. And it, it so resonates and it's called home or Mm -hmm. heaven for some, Mm -hmm. that they look at their life and where they are, and none of that shit lines up. None of it is present for them to see or react on or express, and it's just like, I can't be here. I can't be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And they just shut down. Yeah. It's crazy. And then you build back up again. Yes. (laughs) And then you go through that process again, or you may (laughs) switch. I mean, it just... It can be all over the place. Yeah. I really liked going through the chakras yeah. with the awakenings. I have never done that before. Was, yeah, we could, God, we could talk for hours about this. I know. What are you doing for the rest of the day? Hanging with you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful that you came in today to talk to us about what you're doing out there in the world. Thank you. Especially your classes coming up in September. So, Lumineers, please do check out Instagram, Facebook, which is Dr. Dot Julia Spinolo and her website juliaspinolo.com and keep an eye on what's coming out from this lady because she is wonderful. Thank you. <clears throat> I put you up on a pedestal. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, Jamie. <laughs> You're very welcome. Lumineers, thank you so much for being here and lending us your eyes and your ears. And remember, Lumineers, it's not woo-woo, it's true true. I love you so much. Have a great rest of your day. The ideas expressed by guests and channeled guests on the Lighter Side Show podcast are not necessarily Jamie's personal beliefs. Information received from the Lighter Side Show podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. For up-to-date info on Jamie, visit jamiebutlermedium.com and subscribe to the Lighter Side Network, Lumineers. I'll see you there. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.